Come on. A strong, powerful Monica Parikh has returned to Money Savage. Welcome back, Monica. George, I am so <laughs> thrilled to be back on your show. And I have to tell you just from the outset something. I have to tell you a secret. What? You are the only man in the <laughs> entire universe, this is not hyperbole and it is not a lie, that I get up before 10 a.m. to speak to. Wow. I do not speak to a single person in this world except for my mother before 10 a.m., except for you, George. <laughs> and that shows you how meaningful and special I think you are. Well, thank you, first and foremost. Can can you put your finger on why it is that 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 I get this special role? Well, you know, I really kowtow to you because you and I both believe in early mornings and rituals. Mm -hmm. And I remember the very first time we spoke when you told me the time you get up in the morning. Remind me, is it four thirty, George, or is it four? Four twenty. Four twenty. Okay. I, at that point, had been trying to roll back my bedtime incrementally to get to my four o'clock wait time. And actually, I don't know if I told you this in that first conversation, but I wake up almost every single day between 3 and 4 a.m., which is the hour I get downloads. Hmm. So that's when the spiritual veil is the thinnest, not to get all weird on you. But I'm usually up at that hour, and I've been trying to ask myself, why don't I just get up? Because I have a ton of energy then. And I think it's because I've been socialized to sleep, right? And so when you told me you got up at 420, I just had to bow down to you. And so that's <laughs> why I kind of am like, you know what? George will be the exception to my 10 a.m. rule because I really respect it. I mean, I just respect the discipline and consistency and the, um, you know, it, to do what you're doing, to put out consistent work. It takes that kind of discipline. And so I really, I don't know, I respect it so much, you know? Well, thank you. I, I, I appreciate it. It's, uh, you're familiar with Seth Godin? Yes, I am. Seth is, uh, he just has, he's this brilliant communicator. His, his economy of words is, is, is amazing. He says so much with, with uh, so few words. And his newest book, he, he talks about being on the hook and wanting to be on the hook. And he's written his blog every day for whatever it is, like 20 years. And that really resonated with me is that I, I want to be on the hook for things. I want to be somebody who shows up in a certain way and who's a, a leader in, 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 in all areas of my life, in, in, in my community and family and, and all those things. And so that I have that purpose, I, 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 I think that that is, is what motivates me and and gets me up every day at 420 to make sure that I can do everything that I want to do and that I need to do in order to uh in order to um to be honoring those those commitments that I've made so so I, I appreciate it I, I I again I appreciate the privileged uh, position that that you put me in Monica well, you know, as you were speaking, I was just sitting here shaking my head up and down because you know I really am kind of like you. I don't get up at four uh, twenty. I'm gonna get there, George. I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get up at four nineteen. Beat you by one minute. I'm gonna text. I'm gonna start texting you at four nineteen and be like, I'm up first. But I really like you know. I my 
almost my entire adult life, I've begun the day with an hour of exercise. And in the last many years, I've added on 30 to 40 minutes, five minutes of meditation. And what a game changer that is for my entire day. I mean, that is like such a game changer. And many years ago, I used to, I used to manage a staff for, I used to work for New York City government. And I managed a staff, I did public relations. And one of my staff members who became a good friend, she used to say, oh God, you make me so angry every morning. You're always so happy every single day. And I said to her, I was like, I'm actually really not. It's just this ritual. I found that this ritual of giving myself this two hour window that's really just about myself, it just really changes everything. So, you know, as you were speaking, I really just was, I was feeling that. And I said, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. You know, you're totally on the right uh, path there with that. And two hours can change everything. And I think that the one hour could change anything or everything. It's not necessarily the, the, the amount of time, but being able to focus on what's most important to you. And I think that that's a, we were talking uh, before we hit record about your time in Mexico and, and, and being able to, to maybe refocus a little bit and, and, and get a little bit of time off the grid and talking about some stuff that, um, that we as a people are going through and we're sort of getting away from and talking about stuff that doesn't really matter and I think that maybe you could tell me that that two hours that you have to yourself uh, helps you kind of focus on what does really matter. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I So in one of the yoga series that I do in the morning, the teacher always has this thing where she says, you have to clear space around you for your life purpose to fall into your lap. And I really, you know, have started to think a lot about that because a lot of what I've been doing during this pandemic is clearing out a lot of space around me. You know, I've been spending a lot of time ridding my home of excess things. Um, I've set up a bookkeeping system to really look at how I'm spending my money and to rid myself of any kind of compulsive spending habit or any kind of useless spending. And then I've been ridding myself of friendships that are not mutual. And when I mean mutual, I mean like, you know, as I'm shifting into higher levels of consciousness, I've really started to kind of like you think about my leadership capacities and what I believe the human needs are now and what I need to build for meeting those needs. And so I'm starting kind of with that end goal in mind. And I find that the more space I clear out around myself, the deeper I'm able to go into myself and kind of see the steps I need to take to get to this end goal. And something that I really, you know, as you know, George, through my work, the thing I'm really interested is in psychology and mindfulness. And so I find that as I'm giving myself more time to set my goals, my subconscious will actually naturally take me to that end goal. But that's also requiring a rewiring of my entire pattern of thinking to become more of a wealthy-minded thinker. You know, I didn't realize how much poverty consciousness was embedded in my DNA. Um, and that maybe that's from being born of immigrants who were always struggling. You know, maybe that's historically both my parents came from poor families that like I really have to restructure my thinking to 
think like a wealthy person and that these actually are the habits of wealthy people. Do you know what I mean, George? Does that resonate with you at all, what I'm saying? Yeah, certainly everything does. Um, if we're not allowing ourselves space, it could be physical space, relationship space. If there's just no space, if I don't have attention space uh, to let new good things come in, then those new good things will not come in. And so I appreciate everything you're talking about, about ridding your physical space and, and even your relationship space to allow good things to come in and really focusing on how you think that you can show up and what your role is in meeting um, a lot of the, the, the needs of people that are out there. And such a big part of that is, yeah, do I have a poverty or scarcity mindset? And is that potentially precluding me from um, having all the things that I want? This episode is brought to you by Money Alignment Academy. If you are looking for a financial wellness platform for your company, your organization, and your employees, check out moneyalignmentacademy.com or click on the link in the notes of the show. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just kind of like, I think it's like conceptualizing life really differently. So, you know, one of the things I was saying to you before we started was that I just had returned from a three-week trip to Mexico. And um, the first two weeks I spent on this very ultra-luxury resort. And believe it or not, another podcast host, I was interviewed on another podcast, that host invited me. And she had this deal where she got like a 90% discount. So I was in this like $1,500 a night room in the middle of this like forest, nice. you know, for like a reasonable amount of money. Yeah, it was one of the biggest gifts another human being could have given me because it was also two weeks. And, you know, I guess I didn't realize how much I needed to be alone with my thoughts in that way. And because it was in the forest, it was like so deeply oxygenated. And there were these, you know, you could either do a ton of walking or they had shuttles to take you from place to place. So being a New Yorker, I just love to walk and I'm always trying to get my 10,000 steps in all the time. So I would just walk through this forest, you know, and it was, there was no noise. You know, I turned off all my electronics and I just was with my own thinking And I could see actually my subconscious, how I was stuck in certain places because I couldn't figure out what path to take. And I think I couldn't figure out what path to take because I never allowed myself that much quiet and that much time just with my thinking. Do you know what I mean? Have you ever done that, George? I think that, uh, that, that the majority of, of the problems we face is is based on our inability to to, to spend time by ourselves. So I, I do endeavor to uh, to be alone and, and 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 to be alone with 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 my thoughts as frequently as possible. it's 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 not as easy. well, I've been unsuccessful uh, at doing it quite as much as I'd like to, but yes, I, I see immense value in that. Well, that's kind of the challenge of modern living, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Because how many kids do you have, George? Two. So you have two kids, a full-time business, right? Mm -hmm. A wife. Yep. A podcast that you consistently produce and put out. Mm -hmm. 
So then the question becomes, how do you do that? How do you carve out that time to be with yourself? And, you know, I find, of course, because I talk about relationships, that's the core of my business, that I find a lot of times when people ask for space, other people seem to take it so personally because they don't understand that they need it too. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They're not tapped into their own need. And so they get very affronted when someone says, like, look, I'm flooded. I actually just need to be by myself right now. It, it, that's, that's interesting, right? It's people do take that as and, you know, sometimes it's certainly used as as a bit of a blow off. You know, I just need a little bit of space. But if we're being honest with ourselves, yes, we all do need way more space. And we everything that you've been talking about to be able to 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 create that fig, figurative and literal space um and since this is uh, obviously this 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 is the work that you're doing i think that that i imagine if i were in your shoes doing the kind of work that you're doing it's 9 times out of 10 people are always just looking for some kind of a quick fix or a magic pill or bullet or whatever um when in reality it's just a matter of you need to, to you really do need your own space. You need to figure out how to get more. Well, this is one of the challenges. So you just put your finger right on the challenge, which I'm so grateful that you're, you know, I'm as I'm talking to you, George, I'm like, oh, wow, your wife is so lucky because you're such a good listener. <laughs> and you're also such a good um, thinker. You know, like as I'm talking to you, I'm so relaxed because I'm like, wow, George really listens, you know. And the thing that is the challenge is so when we talk about human relationships, which is the core of my business, I basically people usually come to me when they have a huge relationship problem. And that problem usually is, you know, I can't find a date. I haven't got had sex in years or. I'm in a relationship and it's really just not working and I can't figure out why it's not working. You know, the thing I always tell people, okay, well, this is totally normal. Like all of this is so normal in the human range of experience. But now let me teach you some skills that are going to help you prosper and succeed at wherever you are in the continuum of human relationships. And the thing is, is, you know, those skills, they take some time to learn. They're not intuitive. They're definitely not part of our curriculum. You know, I always say the biggest failure of the American education system is that they didn't teach relationships, which are the number one predictor of happiness and success. And that's proven by the Harvard Grant study. So, you know, just an Ivy League institution saying this is the number one factor of your success. And honestly, a big part of that success is also money. So it's like they didn't teach us how to handle or grow money and they didn't teach us how to love properly or be in relationships in a healthy way. So, you know, when people come to me, I say to them, well, OK, I'm going to teach you this curriculum and it's just going to take some time. So just be really calm with me while we're going through it. And by the way, while we're going through it, you're probably going to get lit up in a million ways inside. And it's going to be super exciting because you're going to start to conceptualize the world in a very different way. And you're going to start becoming very energetic and very efficient. But even selling that like that, you know, that to me is a huge win. If I say to somebody, I'm going to probably make you as happy as you've ever been, fill you up with purpose 
and give you so much energy that you're running like a marathon runner no matter what your age is, I think that's a pretty good sell. People are like, yeah, why can't you either give me a pill or teach me everything I need in one session? And I think to myself, why did you spend a year of your life planning your wedding and you didn't spend a minute planning your marriage? Do you know what I mean? Like, or go, you know, talk about preventative care. Let's get into marriages that are prospering both people and that are exciting and that are building a new world reality. Like that to me is an exciting sell, but you know, we're more interested in, I guess, what's on social media today. So, you know, it's, it's kind of like finding to me, and I guess it's the great opportunity that, you know, I do find is the clients who come to me are the 1% thinkers. They are so intellectually bright and forward thinking and consistent and disciplined that honestly, if you were going to run a race, this is exactly who you want to run it with. But, you know, of course, I just am such a perfectionist. I want to get the whole hundred percent, not the one percent. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you get the hundred percent by starting with the one, you know, and I actually Seth Godin. Seth Godin is the one who taught that. He always says, get your thousand, right? Your mm -hmm. strongest thousand. And you go from there. Well, I, I, I love everything you just said. And there's certainly so many different parallels with the frustrations and challenges of helping people to be successful with, with, with money. You know, the saying always goes, you spend more time spending or planning a two-week vacation than you do your entire retirement. And you spend a year and tens of thousands of dollars spending a, or planning your wedding and then you don't spend a minute and probably very little money uh, working on or planning for your actual marriage um, and relationship. So fascinating there. And yeah, I imagine that, that people are also, when you tell them that they're going to be happier than they've ever been, I think that if people sit with that, do you think that they're actually scared of that? Like, well, maybe I don't really want to be that happy. Or is that dumb? I think one, they don't believe it's possible. Mm. So, you know, the thing I've just kind of come to is I'm just like the best walking advertisement for my business. I'm just going to be a happy, positive, optimistic person filled with life purpose. And as other people are seeing me at luxury resorts, working from Mexico, you know, with my feet up by the pool, which... You know, that was my dream when I was practicing law for 20 years and I was sitting in this little office and I looked at the exact same view every single day and I was in an office and I, I mean, George, I just would remember going in that office and it was gray. The carpet was gray. <laughs> the walls were gray. The file cabinets were gray. <laughs> and it was like everybody in there was gray. Like, I'll tell you a story. Like, one time at my, and this is, like I said, I worked for New York City government. And so, like, I know I'm not the only person that feels this way. Like, I loved being a public servant because I loved serving. You know, I really have a deep love for America and democracy. And, yes, I could have been making, like, ten times more working, you know, as a lawyer on Wall Street with my Ivy League education. But I said, no, let me go work in government because I really believed in the, you know, the people. And the thing was, is one day we had a fire drill at my job and everyone filed out of the, out of the building and it was really sunny. 
and there was a lot of light coming down and I looked at everybody and everybody kind of looked gray. <laughs> and I just remember thinking to myself, I said, this is not for me anymore, you know? And at that point I started building a digital business because I said, well, why can't you make deep and meaningful change for people, but do it wherever you want to do it in the world. You know, like if I want to work by the five star resort pool after work, you know, walking through the forest all morning and then have, you know, my ceviche delivered to me and but then I'm able to get on a podcast or work with a client or plan my curriculum for the next year, you know, which is teaching nonviolent communication and is teaching emotional health and soon will be teaching financial literacy. Like if I want to do that, well, why can't I just enjoy myself? Do I have to be gray sitting in an office? So I had to just, you know, bust up some mind stuff that was holding me back too and start to see a new reality, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that that's incredible. And I I, I absolutely love it. Um, nice. So when people, as people are listening and you're talking about developing this curriculum of helping because we were never taught how to have successful relationships. You've broken down and have developed a, a course or a class that can teach people how to have successful relationships. Yeah. I basically, what I did over the course of the last 15 years, and this is also just studying with very high end psychologists and healers and really taking myself to a level of consciousness that, you know, according to all the people that have worked on me, very few people have ever achieved. And so they really started to say, like, well, what are the skills we would need to learn to take relationships to the next level? And if we really saw relationships, you know, as the core, the foundation, you know, one of those primary relationships is the relationship we have with ourselves, so developing greater awareness of ourselves and of our emotional reactions to things and where those reactions are coming from. So we're not escalating conflict or violence. We're actually de-escalating it, you know, and we're not becoming so reactive and so thin skinned that we take things personally and then giving people, you know, a huge part of my curriculum is boundaries. And I think that boundaries and consent are one of the probably key reasons that we're having a lot of conflict in the in the United States, uh, basically every system right now. You know, everybody's conflicting. And I think that part of the reason that is, is because people are talking at a very low level of communication. There isn't like real communication happening where someone says, may I, and the other person has the right to say no. You know, think about that even in the context of the American workplace. Very few employees are empowered with the right to say no to their bosses, you know, including people like Elon Musk, who's now being lauded as the, the greatest American hero, even though what he's doing to labor relations like basically saying, I don't have a need to sleep or rest. I like have meetings till 2 a.m. in the morning. You know, this isn't, this may be good for his bottom line. It's not really good for American health. Right. It's not good for your physical health and it's not good for your emotional health. And no one, I'm sure in his company has the right to go up and say that to him. So to me, all these things come down to boundary violations. 
you know, and and I mean, we can also talk about consequences or lack thereof. You know, we've just seen in the American landscape, um, you know, politicians engaging in large scale criminal activity where there will be no consequence on it. And that happens, you know, large scale things like national politics or it happens small scale in the House, you know, where maybe one partner is being overburdened with workload, you know, or there's a financial, you know, disparity between those people. And they've never had a real conversation about money and how they're going to grow it together as a team. So, you know, what you're trying to do is you're trying to give people the skills to have better conversations and richer conversations so that there isn't fighting because we never talked about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I 100% do. And to be able to to have the tools that you need to potentially or to navigate those difficult situations and interactions and conversations and to be able to 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 really clarify what your boundaries are and then to to honor and respect them and to hold true to them um, I think that that's it's such a huge part of it so I love it well, Monica, thank you so much for coming back on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? How can people engage with you? Well, George, they can just go right to my website. It's www.schooloflovenyc. And on the right-hand side, there's a contact me button. So just drop me an email and say, hey. And if I could ever help anybody with their relationship uh, worries and help them just, you know, get along better, have more sex, make more money, that's what I'm here for. Love it. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Monica your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to schooloflovenyc.com. Click that Contact Me button. Take advantage of Monica's expertise in helping you get to where you want to go. Thanks again, Monica. Thanks, George. I really appreciate it. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together.